Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 44 of the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. So last week, we hosted our annual digital ministry conference online. We loved having so many of you there join us for the event. We're super excited to share some of the best content from the conference with you in the coming weeks on this podcast. And so to that end, we're going to be rolling out two podcast episodes per week starting next Tuesday, October 19th. Also, we rolled out the first ever digital ministry benchmark study where we unearthed some fascinating insights, like there is a method of increasing your response rate by 175% that less than one in four ministries are actually using. So be sure to listen to the end of this podcast where I'll share with you a special opportunity for you to get your hands on this groundbreaking study. Now, I'm happy to share with you the keynote session on the conference on the theme of legacy. I hope you enjoy. Legacy isn't something, isn't just something that happens when we die. Legacy is something that we're building each and every day that we live. to talk about legacy. And, and to, to start off, I want to introduce to you Nyla. So, so Nyla grew up in the plains of South Dakota. And, and while much of her childhood was, childhood was enjoyable, she had the unfortunate uh, experience of having an alcoholic father. She never knew when she would, he would explode, when her dad would come home from uh, a drinking bout in the evening. She and her mom would actually hide and have to leave the house sometimes. But, but you know, God used that experience because Nyla developed a real love for people. She loved to care for people. She loved helping. She loved serving. So early on, she knew that she wanted to be, have a profession of helping other people. She wanted to be a nurse. So at 16 years old, she graduated from high school, moved to Omaha, Nebraska, attended a Bible college that offered nursing degrees. And after three years, she graduated with her RN. Then she ended up marrying a farmer, settled down, had three kids, but you know, life wasn't easy. Uh, they experienced crop failure. They even experienced bankruptcy. And to help make ends meet, she worked her profession in a hospital ER, nursing homes. Eventually, she became a supervisor of a new way of doing nursing back then. It was called home health care. But then tragedy struck. When she was 46, year old, 46 years old, she contracted a crippling neurological disease called MS, multiple sclerosis. This disease has impacts on the nervous system and causes their victims to be crippled. But she did what all good people in the medical profession did, does. She researched. And as she researched, she chose to, instead of treating the disease with, with medicine, she chose to treat it with diet. And, and so that led her on a journey of, of juicing fruits and vegetables, of cutting out dairy and many other, other changes to her diet. And, and that journey led her to a product that greatly improved her health. She became a distributor of that product. And then she transferred her passion for helping other people when they were sick to helping keep people, <clears throat> to helping keep people from getting sick. You know, Nyla ended up impacting thousands of people through her journey and through her story. She became one of the top 5% producers in the company and now has a lifestyle of generosity that most only dream. And, and God is using her greatly. 
But what is the thread that led to Nyla creating a successful legacy? I think there's a few things. One is she stayed true to her calling of helping people. She didn't bounce around from career to career. I think the, the statistic is that, that average, the average person changes careers, not just jobs, but changes careers seven times in their life. She didn't start another career, but one time she went from a nurse to a distributor. And, and then she applied the lessons that she learned at each stage to the next stage in her life, just like what Steve talked about. You know, he had the lessons learned of taking 20 men, and then he, he, he rolled that over, built on that legacy to helping others. So she stayed true to her calling. She practice, practices the basics over and over, and she built a legacy that impacts thousands of people today. When I think of uh, the, 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 the concept of legacy, Nyla is a good example. And legacy for me, I think about it in three different areas. One is your personal life. The other is your family life. And thirdly is your profession, your professional area. So, so the question is, how can I leave a positive legacy in all the different areas, all the different people that I, that I touch? A verse that's been super helpful and meaningful to me, this comes from Psalm 90, is teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What that speaks to is intentionality, being intentional about what we do each day and, and, and really about painting a picture for what the future looks like, what do we want the future to look like, and then identifying the gaps of where we're at today and what we want the future to look like, and then, and then making changes to, to, to move forward, forward that. So we're not, legacy isn't something, isn't just something that happens when we die. Legacy is something that we're building each and every day that we live. So I'm going to share two um, exercises uh, what I call them, I call them this first exercise, I call begin with the end in mind. So, so I actually did this first, I did this when I was 37 years old. And I'm 50 today. I'm not, not, not my birthday's today, but I'm 50 years old this year. And, and maybe that's why I'm, I'm thinking more about legacy and thinking about, you know, what is the next, the next phase of the journey? And what, is, what does it look like as my kids are getting older? But this is an exercise that I first did when I was 37 years old. And I'm just going to share that with you. So, so, so first is to ask yourself, when people come to my funeral, what would I want them to hear said about me? Now, uh, that might sound a little bit morbid, but it is actually very sobering. And, and, and being able to think, okay, what is it that I want people to say about me when my time comes to meet my maker? And, and take that and write it down. I know I had a list that filled up an entire page of, of the things that, that mattered to me and that the things that I wanted to matter to me, even if they didn't practically at the time when I first wrote this down. The, the next, ask yourself, ask yourself, can they say that about me right now? If not, what needs to change? And, and then review and update that every year. For myself, I have a process at the, 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 towards the end of December, I'll sit down, I'll, I'll take out that document that I wrote back when I was 37 years old. There's a lot of different things on that. And this was one of them and be able to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to be thinking about as it relates to the company of 5Q, as it relates to our family, as it relates to uh, profession, as it relates to all those different areas, personal life. And what is this, what do you want this next year to look like? 
So just to, just to encourage you to, to give some thought to that, because that drives back to intentionality, living your life with intentionality. The legacy exercise number two is, is what I call the age game. And again, this was during the same time period, I did the same, this, the same exercise. And it's asking yourself, again, four, four, four steps. One is, what do I want to look, my life to look like in two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and 30 years from now? And write it down. And then what I actually did, and I'll share, your, share with you the outcome of when I did this uh, 14 years ago, but write down your age and the age range of your children at each increment at two years, at five years, at 10 years. That is a super, super sobering exercise um, to be able to see uh, where you're at today and then what it's going to look like further down the road. And then again, ask the question, what needs to change for what I'm writing down to actually become a reality when I hit that, that age in life? And then again, review and update every year. So when I first did that, again, it was when I was 37 years old. And I'll, I'm just sharing with you, this is actually a screen cat, a screen capture of what I said back in January of 2007. I'm not going to walk through all that, but just doing that exercise, and it doesn't look like there's a whole lot written down, but just doing that exercise when I was 37 years old, now I'm 50. Now I'm like almost hitting that uh, 15 year, years away, the, the 52, the second from the bottom there. I mean, it is super sobering to now be in a place where I've got kids who have graduated from high school, graduated from college, and, and now are getting married. Um, it says on their possibly grandkids, we don't have any grandkids yet, but, but it, is, it is an exercise, that if, especially if you have a family, if you have kids, just to think through that and to think through, wow, what are my kids going to look like? What do, I want, what do I want them to look like when, uh, as, they, as they grow throughout, uh, throughout their age? So, so you, you might be thinking, man, Chad, this is heavy. I mean, I came to a digital ministry conference and here you're talking about tombstones. Um, but, but you know what? Your work and your ministry flow out of who you are. You need to know and have thought about what it is that you value so that your work in ministry can support that and flow out of that. Uh, if you don't set time aside to be able to think about the things that really matter, um, it, you're going to, we're going to end up at the end of their life saying, Lord, what is it? What is it that I've done? And, um, so, so the, the word I want to, to leave with you is, is, is a whole idea of, of intentionality. So if you live your life with intentionality and you lead your ministry with integrity, you will leave behind a legacy. And, uh, uh so I just want to encourage you with that, uh, on this first, first part of this talk about what it looks like to be intentional. And one of the things that I share with my kids uh, fairly often is that you never know when you're making a memory. So as you go throughout the day and the memories that you're making, that is what you're using to build your legacy, both your personal as well as your, your family and, and your business or your ministry or, or, your, professional, or your professional life. So, so what I've just shared is really, really a framework. You can call it a legacy framework, which is paint the picture of where you want to go, identify those gaps, Identify the gaps from where you are right now and where you want to go. Work at closing those gaps and then rinse and repeat. You know, that framework really is what led us to, to think about the, 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 the ministry, the 2021 ministry benchmarks. So, so last week, I mentioned it earlier, I had the opportunity to spend three days with 10 other Christian businessmen in a mastermind group that Kenny actually put on. 
I tell you, it was a fantastic time of learning from others who are serving churches and ministries and building software. And I just learned a lot of areas where I have room to improve and some areas where, you know, we're, we're, we're doing well and, and to be encouraged by. Well, one of the things that you can do to help identify the gaps in your digital ministry is to be able to see what others are doing. And so that's, that's one of the motivations behind us creating the, the first ministry, digital ministry benchmark study. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've had over 100 participants with it. When you get this study, you'll be able to see we're covering things like Google Analytics for organic search, social media, um, donor, donor email, all the different areas that make up um, a, a, digital, a digital outreach. So you'll be able to see what is the averages for the industry and how does our ministry, how does our organization measure up to that? You can identify those gaps, and then you're able to make steps to improve so that the next year when we do the ministry benchmark, we'll be able to see as, a, as an entire industry, those, those gaps being closed and those averages being raised across the board. That really is our heartbeat to be able to, to, be able to see that happen over, over a period of time. I'm going to share with you three critical findings that, uh, that, I, that, that I think are critical for each one of us in our ministries to take a look at. Uh, the first is that um, the ministries that we interacted with, all, all, nearly all of them, their major funding is from donors. And whether it's one-time gifts or monthly giving, and yet 70% of those ministries do not have a dedicated monthly donor program. And, you know, candidly, if you have people who are connecting with your ministry so much that they're giving you resources and a one-time gift, um, you need to be thinking intentionally about how can we roll those into a, a regular monthly giving program. And we're going to be having um, one of the talks tomorrow. You'll be able to hear from Rachel Slininger about what a monthly donor program looks like and, 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 and the steps, the practical steps of how you can start one. The second thing that jumped out to me is that when it comes to gaining new email subscribers on your list so that you can communicate with people, you know, email has been around a long time. A lot of times people um, don't realize or forget about how effective it is. Just like Nyla, who is doing the basics over and over and over again, it's those basics. Email gives you the ability to proactively interact with people and draw them back into your, your digital sphere rather than just setting back and waiting for them to come. So growing your, your email list is critically important. And 85% of ministries do not have an, an actual lead magnet or an offer or, or a creative resource to be able to draw people into their world. Instead, they have the generic things like sign up for a newsletter or um, uh, sign up to be able to uh, uh, in, interact with us, but there's no intentional and creative lead magnet. So that's another area that, uh, that I feel like ministries, man, if you just get a few of these basics down, it will radically improve the, your ability to impact people in your digital space. Thirdly, is that 92% of ministries fail Google's core web vitals. Now, this is something relatively new to Google. So in, in terms of what they are, they are encouraging and pushing organizations to do as it relates to a, a good user experience for the end users, but also as it relates to, there's like saying, if, you know, if you don't have 
a passing grade with your core web vitals, you're not going to be ranked as high in the search engines. So it's really um, important that you pay attention on your website side of things, how well you are ranking with Google's core web vitals. And again, we're going to have a session tomorrow. Brent Wilson is going to be sharing the why, the what, and the how about core web vitals. So those are just three um, areas of takeaways that I had as I was, I was looking through all the research that, that Josh Kishorek and our team has done on the, uh, the digital um, benchmark study. And you're going to be hearing more about that study throughout uh, the next two days. Uh, we'll be dropping other findings, other things that you can learn from and take from. And uh, hopefully, uh, again, our, our heart's desire is that next year when we do the, the digital uh, ministry survey, benchmark survey, that across the board, all those, all the averages will be raised. You know, throughout... Um, the, the next area I want to talk about was, was exactly how do you multiply your digital legacy? Uh, Kenny and I talked about it a little bit earlier. It's something that, that we call the five multipliers of digital impact. So, so if you think of, of everything that you're doing in the digital space right now, maybe you've got a website, you've got Facebook going, you've got social media going. Um, some email subscribers, online donations, all the different areas that you're doing to impact people, both. And when I say impact, I'm not just talking about um, raising funds for your ministry, which is important. I'm also talking about actually having ministry impact with the people that you're interacting with on a daily basis. So if that circle that you see on the screen right there represents your current impact, and, and, and God's put it on your heart to be able to grow that impact to be a bigger circle, uh, of impact. Well, how do you get there? How do you grow? How do you multiply that impact? And we like to think of it in five key areas. The first area is awareness. And you can think of those as the typical top of the funnel activities, advertising, social media, podcasting, all the other content marketing things that brings visibility to your organization. So, so uh, the, the next one is conversion rates. So, so conversion rates is about those people that are coming to your site or coming in your digital sphere. How many of them are actually doing the next action step that you want them to take? Maybe that's, um, maybe that's something around um, sparking conversations with seekers like cjesus.net does, or, or maybe the conversion rate is, is around people signing up for your email list, or maybe that conversion rate is around hey, we want to impact people's marriage. So we want people to sign up for our 30-day uh, our marriage challenge. Whatever that is, you can tell how efficient your efforts are by monitoring that conversion rate, how many people are coming in, and then how many people are actually taking that next action that we want. And if you're able to improve your ask, if you're able to improve that conversion rate, that's like a lever that actually improves the overall impact of, of, of your digital ministry. The next is the average value. And whether it's the average value is tied to the dollars that donors give, or it could also be uh, the average value, like your spiritual ROI. What is the value of, of just being able to get, um, get, get impact people? I know one ministry we work with, Martin Lloyd-Jones Ministries, they're, they're, the way that they measure effectiveness is how many people are downloading uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones sermons. And so, so their average value actually comes from, they measure that by how many people are downloading those sermons. And other folks, it's, it's, it's around giving. So 
what is the average value of the donation, the average value of the gift that a person's giving? So, and again, if you can increase that average value of a gift, you're, imp you're improving the, your ability because, uh, to, to multiply impact across the board. Fourthly is retention. And that's really is how well is your ministry, how well is your ministry doing it delivers, delivering um, what you do on mission. It, it's, sometimes it's easy to, new, to woo new donors with a promise of impact, but it's much harder to consistently demonstrate that impact that they'd want to come back and support you for years to come. And so if you're able to retain those donors and, and be able to connect with them on an ongoing basis, again, whether that's fundraising, donation, whether that's continually coming back to get, get new insights, new resources, uh, like uh, another, another ministry we serve is um, got, got Questions, an apologetics website. And, and so their retention is critical because it's new. It's not just new people coming in, but it's other people coming in to find answers that they're asking about what it looks like to, to, to walk, the, walk the Christian faith. And then the fifth one is about engagement. And that really ties all the things together. Everything that you're doing to, to increase awareness, to increase conversion, the average value, retention, um, all of that you're engaging with your audience. And so at the end of the day, you're able to be able to grow your impact um, on, a, in a, on a multiplier level to be able to impact the, 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 the folks that you're, that you're reaching out to on a regular basis. So again, like I mentioned earlier, these five multipliers of impact, awareness, engagement, conversion rate, average value, and retention, I like to think of those as a lever, that if we pull this awareness lever, it's going to multiply the impact, but we also need to pull this conversion lever to make sure that the people that are coming in are actually doing the things that we want them to do, and then get them, get them into retention, into a flow where we're interacting with them on a regular basis, connecting with them, whether that's from a donor side, whether that's from a ministry side, that, that, that it's, it's getting all of these working together to multiply your digital impact. So we've structured the entire conference around those five multipliers. And uh, so I'm really excited to be able to see, to see, uh, to hear the different areas of whether it's video, social media, uh, AB split testing, all those different areas touch one aspect of that multiplier in some way. Well, I want to circle back on Nyla. You know, she stayed true to her calling of helping people. She didn't bounce around from career to career. She, um, she went from a nurse to distributor. She applied the lessons that she learned at each stage to the next stage of her life. She stayed true to her calling and she practiced the basics over and over and built a legacy that impacted thousands of people. You know, Nyla's full name is Nyla Jean Williams and she goes by Jeannie. Well, one of the thousands of people that she has impacted is me. You see, Nyla Jean Williams, who goes by Jeannie Williams, is my mom. And she's an, she's an inspiration to me, and I hope to you, that no matter what your background is, no matter your current situation, you never know when you're making a memory, and that you can have a legacy that matters. Thanks very much. So you just heard me share with you a couple exercises that I've done to help get me into a legacy mindset. If you have similar activities that you've done, I'd love to hear about them. You can send them to my email at chad.williams at 5q.com. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com. I'm also excited to get our new benchmark study into your hands. And what's great 
is that we're not just going to give you data, data like only 8% of ministries actually pass Google's core web vitals test, or less than 15% of ministries are using lead magnets to grow their audience. No, we're not going to give you just the data because data without insights is just numbers, but data that leads to insight and actions produces value. So we're going to give you real value by offering you a free scorecard session. We'll give you a personalized scorecard showing how you stack up against the critical benchmark data after serving over hundred, hundred and some ministries. Plus we'll do a one hour consulting to identify your next big opportunity that you'd be working on to help multiply growth in the next 30 days. So to request your copy of the benchmark study and scorecard tailored just for you, go to 5q.com slash scorecard. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash scorecard. I look forward to connecting with you there. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you drew value from this episode, could you just take a moment right now, share the podcast with someone that you think might find it helpful. And until next week, Keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.